Welcome to the Radio 191 FM podcast. From slinging breakfast on Radio 1 to being the mayor who gets it done, it's time for our bi-weekly catch-up with Dunedin's mayor, Yes, Walking with Hawkins. Yes, we are joined by the mayor, Aaron Hawkins, right now at the Muddy, eh? Good and good morning. Happy New Year to you, sir. And to you too, and to you too. I hope you got a break, maybe, a few days. Yeah, it was good. Didn't didn't go far, but that was absolutely the plan. Yeah, well, you don't need to go far, do you? No. No, that's right. We've got it all right here. That's what they used to say. It's all right here. <laughs> what did it mean? No one knew. Two meanings. Very confusing. <laughs> uh, right. Um, now, Aaron, um, something that's near and dear to uh, both of our hearts is the live music scene. Uh, you introduced mm. a concept... Uh, at the annual planning meeting on Tuesday, a levy on touring acts, uh, you know, ones that come to the stadium or potentially the town hall, uh, a charge that uh, would be on top of the price of, you know, added to the price of a ticket of a big visiting show, maybe one or two dollars, and that levy, um, you know, would would go into what you into some, something for the local scene. What do you envision there? Is it the venues? Is it the artists themselves? How do, how would this work? Yeah, and and this isn't a, a new concept. It has it is something that exists in other jurisdictions, not in New Zealand, as far as I'm aware. But yeah, basically, basically that you're looking at big touring acts uh, and and charging people who are going to those shows an extra dollar or two uh, on the ticket, and you put it up front. You know, this is a, a, a fee to support uh, live music in Dunedin, and that creates a war chest uh, to be able to support. A smaller music venues, I mean, it's a marginal business at the best of times, but over the past couple of years, as we all know, uh, the the creative community and our music and performing arts and events uh, sectors have been the, the first hit and the last to recover from public health protections in response to COVID-19. So we need to be thinking more creatively about how we help uh, that community to rebuild, and I see this as uh, entirely uh, complementary to the work that we are doing uh, that, that staff are doing with uh, the Save Live Music Dunedin group and the Live Music Action Plan. This is a way of making sure that you have uh, resources available to be able to do some of that work. And, and had it existed pro- uh, in the past uh, few years, we would have had um, millions of dollars from shows that came through the uh, the stadium alone. Uh, and that would have been quite handy over the past couple of years. So, um, so you know, this is uh, a way of trying to find uh, ongoing and sustainable uh, revenue to, to support uh, smaller venues in particular, because there's no point having, you know, 30,000 people turn up to shows uh, at the stadium in a city that uh, doesn't have uh, have a, a viable and vibrant uh, scene at the other end of the scale. Yeah, yeah. Is this you know? Could this levy? Could you use this levy to, for example, uh, revamp Sammy's? Uh, no, I, don't, I mean I don't see it as being a as being something to to support uh, capital investment or, or building things. But having said that, uh, there's no reason why you couldn't use it, for example, uh, to support uh, informal venues being brought up to code if that's something that they wanted to explore, uh, you know, project spaces and, and places that aren't bars, you know, who, yeah. who, are, who are putting on shows uh, but need have, you know, fire egress issues or or, or building code uh, stuff that, that they want to resolve uh, and, and wouldn't take huge amounts of money. But 
I think the the focus at the moment is getting the um, the mechanism right for collecting the money. That's the most urgent thing. And then you know there, there aren't any significant shows uh, in the in the short term no. uh, due to the, the current situation. So we've got a bit of time uh, to work with the with the, the the music community here and and, and figuring out what the most useful. Uh, way of of investing that money would be, and it will probably be a a, a range of a range of things. Um, uh, and and I wouldn't want to close off uh, any options at this point. Um, right. So I mean, live music, uh, not necessarily, but for the most part, uh, it's you know a playground for adults. And let's talk about what is not essentially just a playground for children, but playgrounds, children's playgrounds. Uh, if you've been, anyone's been to the Margaret Mahi Playground in Christchurch, they'll know that it's a wonderland. Uh, it's almost like mm. a free theme park. It's incredible. Uh, something that Otipoti is sorely lacking. I mean, we've got some amazing parks, uh, but I mean, they're amazing for me uh, because you know I grew up in the heyday of those parks and, and absolutely loved them. But times have changed, and they're becoming a little bit dilapidated. Um, so there's this plan um, to invest in playgrounds, potentially around the city or or just one main massive incredible. Park. So, what are you, exactly are you looking at? What are the options? Yes, yeah, so there are two. There are two things. So, there is there is a, a place basis plan for the coming or for the in the in the current ten year budget. Uh, there's, there's millions of dollars uh, set aside to invest in and upgrade existing uh, neighbourhood parks, and we're seeing that with um, you know various playgrounds and, and basketball adjustable basketball hoops and. and um, and pump tracks and temporary half pipes and all of those sorts of things that are being done around the city. Uh, but on top of that, and certainly if, uh, since the, the the opening of the Margaret Mayhew Playground, there has been an increased desire, quite rightly I think, uh, from from people in Dunedin um, to have uh, to have something like that here uh, to 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 cater to um, children, young and old, shall we say, mm-hmm, Mr. Mm-hmm. Green, they had to they had to install evening security at the Margaret Mahi Playground for a reason. <laughs> uh, and and thank God for ACC and our no fault accident compensation scheme. But um, but the 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 debate then evolved into well do you do one bloody big thing like that would be and and certainly, you know, we've seen developments at Queen's Park and in Chicago and down in the, the waterfront and Oamaru and people don't have to look far uh, to, to see great examples of what playgrounds look like. But do you build one giant thing somewhere uh, or do you take what you would spend uh, on that one giant thing and split that over over a, a range of sites? And, and the proposal uh, from, from staff was looking at, for example, Marlow Park, the Dinosaur Park, Woodhall Gardens uh, and, and the Memorial Gardens in Moscule. Uh, and and I can I can see the arguments both ways. You know yeah. there are there are strong arguments for and against. And, and but also I don't think that people uh, easily understand what six million dollars worth of play, playground looks like at Marlow Park, for example, or what two million bucks chucked into Woodhall Gardens would look like. So uh, the the next stage now is working up some concept plans for what those alternatives are. Uh, and and taking those out for uh, for a public feedback later in the year, so that we can so that people can make a a, a better informed decision around what they think the city should do, uh, and then that will feed into uh, our our next um, our next budget meetings. There's no money in the, in the budget currently 
uh, to do this work. This is uh, something that was supported in principle by council through the last 10-year plan. It's absolutely something that the city needs, um, but it's something that we need to get right. Yeah, indeed. And you're right. I mean, God, one one big park with that funds would be incredible, but I don't really want the people of Mosgill or North Dunedin to be that far away from something fun as well. But it wouldn't. Mm. You wouldn't get this the same level of, of one massive park with that kind of investment. It'd be incredible. Um, and I know I, for for one, I would certainly like. It's, it's, I'm glad I've got kids now. If that happens, I'll be super stoked that I've got kids. Not that I'm not already happy about it. Uh, but there's no upper age limit on playgrounds and play spaces, Jamie Green. <laughs> I know, but you know, I yeah, I look creepy enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a haircut today, thank God. Uh, now, just quickly, um, before we go, because I've got an interview shortly, but uh, I want to just talk about our favourite subject, the Green Island Landfill. Um, some fees are set to rise. Um, why do we pay a government levy? Uh, because they make us. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the waste levy is, is charged. It's a, it's, it's a creature of statute, so government uh, set the waste levy uh, and all... Municipal uh, landfills, that's you know, landfills that are run by um, councils, basically, uh, are charged uh, are charged the waste levy per ton, uh, and that is and that is going up, uh, and and we get half of that money back uh, to to reinvest in uh, waste minimisation and education and all those sorts of things, and they are starting to use the waste levy at a national level to think about building. Recycling infrastructure and those sorts of things are here in are here in New Zealand. So that's that's one thing. Uh, and the other thing is uh, the the emissions trading scheme covers uh, landfills because uh, municipal waste, uh, um, organic waste, food waste, all of those sorts of things that end up at Green Island uh, do um, turn into uh, CO two, and so they are. And, and the ETS was was capped for a long time at $25 it's now at least double that and will only uh, and will only increase uh, and so we have, we recoup that through through charges at the at the landfill there's a debate at the moment between us at the ministry for the environment around whether clay uh, needs to um, needs to be covered by the ETS levy and and, and we're working through that and and we'll notice that it is more expensive to use the the Green Island landfill and some of the commercial alternatives in the city, and that is as much as anything. That's that's because uh, those landfills aren't covered uh, by uh, by the ETS scheme or, or the waste levy. Um, we don't operate within a um, we don't operate on a level playing field, and there is finally um, a, a push within the Ministry for the Environment to expand that across. Uh, those uh, across those sites, but that hasn't happened yet. So that's the that's the short version uh, of 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 why gate charges at Green Island are going up for, um, in the next twelve months. Yeah, and for the most part, for people's general waste, it's not so much. It's more um, a lot of, a lot of it's going up for commercial waste and the, and the like. So. Most of us won't be hit in the pocket unless we're hard, unless we're um, demolishing something, I think. Um, so that's, uh, I don't know, a blessing. I don't know, I'm not quite sure. But uh, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us. Thanks, Jamie Green. Have yourself a wonderful day, and we'll talk again soon. Bye. There he is, the mayor who gets things done. This was a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.